Ah, the weekend. feel lighter already, don't you? And you're with the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gamison. Hello, Adam. This is Andrew, and I'm grateful to be with you guys for another Friday. Um, as we are often want to do, Adam and I have another movie review for you today. Um, these uh, movie reviews have taken on a whole another degree of complexity. With both Adam and I busy with work and whatnot, we're not able to watch them together as we were used to doing. But we finally both watched the movie The Case for Christ. So we're here in the studio to review it for you. We're pretty excited about it. Um, and so without giving away too much right away, Adam, why don't you start us with our quote of the day? The thing of it is she's different. She's actually different. That's what scares the heck out of me. I miss my wife. That's from the main character of The Case for Christ. And that would be Lee Strobel. This this um, movie actually um, tells the life story of Lee Strobel, how he went from being an atheist to being a follower of Christ. And then after becoming a follower of Christ, he has become an apologist for the Bible, which means he walks around defending the very book that he used to hate. Uh, which has happened to other people like local weatherman Craig James or uh, international speaker uh, Josh McDowell, who wrote Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Mm. Um, Lee Strobel has written several books, including The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith, The Case for for Christmas. Um, I I definitely see a theme, which is great. Um, But today we're going to talk about the movie that bears the title of his first book, which was The Case for Christ. Um, According to the movie, he actually tried to get his paper, which was the Chicago Tribune, um, to publish a series of articles about his journey to find proof of the resurrection, and they rejected it, and then his wife suggested a book. Um, I have not been able to research whether that part was completely accurate, but it is kind of interesting that that would be the path that he would take, and that has become his livelihood. So without further ado, before we get any deeper into our discussion, let's listen to the trailer for The Case for Christ. If somebody wanted to do an investigation into Christianity, where would you start? If the resurrection of Jesus didn't happen, it's a house of cards. You sure you want to give me that loaded gun? I'm pretty sure you're not going to be able to pull the trigger. I've spent my entire career as a journalist uncovering the truth until the day my wife presented me with the biggest story of my life. I'm not going to lose my wife and my kids to something that I can't even reason with. And what happened next changed me forever. How can we even talk about historical evidence for the resurrection? The Gospels are filled with contradictions. The empty tomb is based on evidence. And isn't evidence your trade? We all bet our lives on something. The question is, what's it going to be? As much as I would like to help out a fellow skeptic, what you're proposing is impossible. Could Jesus survive being spiked to the cross? There is no evidence of anyone ever surviving a full Roman crucifixion. Just because I write something down and I bury it in the dirt, it doesn't make it true. What I felt was something more real than anything I've ever felt in my life. I'm praying for you. Do you really want to know the truth, or is your mind already made up? Stop 
blaming me and the church and God and do your job. Christian movies that tend to have <laughs> cheesiness and cliches and things that that we that we as Christians can do better. I gotta tell you, Adam, this movie did not have very much of that. It was very straightforward, very and I you know, and I looked for confirmation of the things that were in it, because that's what I often do. The last time I think I told you I did it before I actually saw the movie. Uh, which was the Hidden Figures one that we did a while back. Yeah. Uh, but with this one, I didn't. This one I looked afterwards, and I found that it, for the most part, is accurate. There's a couple little artistic changes, but nothing that shakes the story. And you'll notice that a lot of the people that he interviewed were skeptics. They weren't even believers, and yet they could not go along completely with his thesis that this was a that the resurrection absolutely did not happen and i just was really challenged by this film so why don't you run down the film a little bit for us and then we'll go from there uh well as uh as, as we jump into the movie like you mentioned it's about uh lee strobel who works the chicago tribune who's trying to prove that you know god doesn't exist and he wants to write an article about it to basically challenge uh the bible and what's interesting is as the story goes on this is sparked because his wife who at first is not really into God or Christian or anything, she um, learns about God from this uh, – I almost said waitress. It's it's a, a, a nurse. That's the word I'm looking for who happened to be at the restaurant they were eating at, and the little girl started choking. And the nurse came over and, and, and basically saved her, got the egg or whatever it was out of her throat. And she starts to talk with the nurse more over time, and she learns about – she goes to church, and the nurse says, well, Jesus told me to be here at this restaurant tonight. We were going to go somewhere else. And I don't want to say too much because you want to see the movie for yourself. But um, honestly, I really liked it. I had never heard the story of Lee Strobel or The Case for Christ before, so I actually didn't know, Andrew, what to expect. But it's really good. It's a compelling story. Um, it is good acting, and there's not a lot of cheese. And like you mentioned, that's what I always get a little nervous about. But it was, it was very convincing. Well, I, I have a friend who's been on the show before, Kevin McCreary, who does movie reviews, usually of Christian movies, and mainly focuses on the major problems that he has with them. And that's kind of a slight bone of contention between the two of us, because I tend to look on the positive, and I'll only review a movie if I think there's positive things for you to see. But uh, I was leaving the theater and i happened to see on twitter that he said that he had just seen the case for christ i think maybe even that same day and he's like i liked a christian movie I ho he's like i hope you're sitting down but i liked a christian movie and someone immediately said is this sarcasm because we know 
we know Kevin yeah. in, in the way that he is about Christian movies. And he's like, no, I actually like this Christian movie. And I think one of the things that he really liked about it, and I did too, was that there were plenty of atheists in the film. Even people that, that Lee interviewed in his quest. But they were never looked at as um, idiots or um, cookie cutters of people who couldn't think for themselves. They were looked at intelligently. They were looked at as real people uh, engaged in the struggle of life and having come to their conclusions that they came to. And they were looked at with respect. But at the end of the day, as he comes through this quest, he realizes that he can't deny the validity of the resurrection. One of the things that that I thought was um, very interesting was that it was stated in there, in that movie, that it would be a greater miracle for 500 people, meaning the 500 people that saw Jesus alive after the resurrection, for 500 people to suffer from the same delusion than it would be for the resurrection to have taken place. Now, of course, as Christians, we don't necessarily subscribe to that. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was interesting that that was brought up, and the person that brought it up wasn't even necessarily a believer. I don't believe she was a believer. Yeah. And yet she was saying, from the historical documentation, from the things we know, it'd be a greater miracle for these 500 people to get their stories lined up with each other than it would be for the resurrection itself. And to me, that was significant. Another significance was the fact that Lee Strobel's wife, as soon as she became a Christian, she started praying for him. Yeah. And she prayed for him every day. And I, I remember writing a status on my Facebook when I came out of the movie that day that I said, there's two things that I learned from this movie that I absolutely love. Number one was the one I just mentioned about the 500 people. And number two was the fact that I want a wife someday that prays for me the way Leslie Strobel prayed for Lee. Because every day she was on her knees praying that God would take out his heart of stone and put in its place a heart of flesh. Mm -hmm. And even those of us who are believers need that prayed from time to time that our hearts would stay soft to the things of God. And so that's the kind of wife that I would want is someone that prays like that. And so that really touched me. Um, so, uh, Adam, what are some of your favorite things about this movie? Uh, some favorite and positive things for me is I, I really liked how, especially with this Christian film, it showed the depiction of a husband and wife who weren't on the same page with their faith. You know, I feel like a lot of times it's it's both either are totally in or totally out. And I, I, I appreciate how this was based on a true story because it showed not only the struggle but what it was really like to be in that situation. Um, I really like how Leslie Strobel, who's the wife, she, like you said, prayed for him. And she stuck with him. She stuck with him through it all. She didn't say, okay, this is too much. I mean, there are times where it definitely got to be a lot because he got to a point where he wasn't treating her well because he's like, basically, you're different, you're crazy, I don't know who you are anymore, and that splits your relationship. But she still lovingly was like, I'm here for you. Like you said, I'm praying for you. Um, she was still loving. I think that's such a positive influence because um, you don't you don't see a lot of stories like that. It's usually people get mad at each other and it gets worse and worse, worse and then there's like a big blow and that's it. But this showed a great example of what it really means to be in for better or for worse. I think the really cool thing about that too is we read in First Peter chapter three, I believe it is, about how an unbelieving wife can win a husband to Christ mm -hmm. by her conduct. Yeah, 
by being gentle, by being submissive, by loving him, despite the fact that he doesn't agree with her. Mm-hmm. And and Leslie did all these things. I'm sure she would admit to you that she didn't always do them perfectly. And there were some blow ups in the movie, but overall she stuck it out and he ended up sticking it out. But there was a turning point uh, for a little while there where it was, it was, if you didn't know the end of the story, you would be skeptical because he said something after they went out on a date that they hadn't been out on a date for a while and he enjoyed it. But then they were talking on the way back and he's like, he's like, I don't want to be having this conversation Yeah, five years from now about our faith and mm-hmm. trying to line it up. And if there's still a conversation to be had five years from now about this issue, I won't be here. Yeah. That's what he told her. And and that kind of floored me um, to hear that. And then also to hear how he turned to the bottle um, mm. to deal with the fact that she was a believer. He said, somebody came and took my wife from me. And it wasn't uh, a co-worker. It wasn't somebody she met online. It was Jesus Christ. Yeah. And... Like the quote we mentioned in the beginning said, said the worst part was, I couldn't deny how different she was. She was different. It wasn't like I could just say, well, she's saying this is different, but it's not. It was, it was a real concrete difference that he that he felt from her because of because of that. So I thought that was significant, and I really hope people come out and see it. Uh, my favorite positive is actually. Um, there was a guy at the Tribune who was a believer, and he knew that. So he asked the guy, he said, how would I disprove Christianity? And he said, you disprove the resurrection, you disprove Christianity. And I just thought the way the the his, the friend dealt with him was so positive. Yeah. Um, and actually, he, my favorite quote from him is uh, is in the trailer where he says, stop blaming me, stop looking for excuses, just... <laughs> Do your job. Yeah. You know? I just thought that was so great. That could have been our opening quote yeah. of the day because it was so great. Mm-hmm. And there's more like that in this uh, movie, obviously. So were there any negatives to you? Ooh, not really. The only thing I can think of is it was a little bit slower paced than I thought. I feel like it took a little bit to get started and then a little bit to get going in the middle. So I would say the trailer makes it sound a little more – action-packed than what it is but it's such a great story though by the time you get to the middle or end of the movie it's like i'm so glad that i hung on because it's so good the one thing i would say is uh, be careful if you're taking your kids to it or you're having them watch it yeah because it was more adult not in bad adult ways but just in in content and subject matter ways Mm -hmm. than i thought it would be especially dealing with his alcoholism yeah there's a couple drunken tirades in the film and uh, so that can can be a little hard to take, but it was real. I mean, uh, apparently Lee Strobel's daughter did an interview where she said it got to the point that when my dad got home from work, I would run and hide in my room before I even saw him because mm. I knew that he was going to go into a drunken fit. Um, but thankfully, God is in the redemption business, <laughs> and, and Lee Strobel is not the same person that he was then and she dragged him to a church service once and he basically mocked it um afterwards and that very church that she dragged him to he later became a pastor at after he was saved Mm. so if that doesn't show the power of god i don't know what does all right um who is your favorite character 
And as we always say, aside from the title character, yeah, <laughs> who is your favorite character? I would have to say it's the nurse Alfie. Um, the way she reached out to Leslie and was such a friend to her, and even after they'd only met a couple times, I mean, Alfie gave her gave Leslie time to talk with her at the park when, like, she brought her little kid. Um, she would uh, invite her. Alfie would invite Leslie to church services, but she didn't do it in a way that was like super like pushed on her controlling. It was just very open, very friendly. And I really think this is a missing um, element in much of today's evangelism. A lot of times we think we have to, you know, we, we, we treat being an evangelist like being a door to door salesman. Right. You want to buy these cut cone knives. If you buy them today, you get 50% off. <laughs> yeah. And if you buy them right now in the next minute, you can get some free. And we kind of take that approach to the gospel. When, when, when what people really need is they need it lived out. They need to see an action that we care for them. And it really is true. I'm going to drop a cliche after saying that this movie's remarkably free of cliches. I'm going to drop a cliche on you. They People don't care how much you know mm-hmm. unless they know how much you care. You see that, that man who was in the Chicago Tribune who was a friend of Lee? He was a friend even though Lee was a jerk. Yeah. And he wasn't afraid to challenge Lee with the resurrection of Christ because he knew that the resurrection of Christ was where the life change happens. You see, if if the resurrection didn't happen, if we didn't celebrate Easter a few weeks ago, there'd be no reason for a Speaking for Him podcast. If the resurrection did not occur, we would be of all men most miserable, as uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But now is Christ risen from the dead, he said after that. And so it is that resurrection that Lee was setting out to disprove that he realized was true. And then he bowed the knee and became a believer and now speaks all over the country about how true the Bible is. So it just shows the power of God. All right. Um, my favorite character is probably the friend at the Tribune um, just mm. because of the way... <laughs> He dealt with him, and I, I was surprised. Uh, I don't know. Um, actually, I, I didn't really research that much about how factual this friend is. I'm pretty sure that he actually was there, um, but and I don't know what department he was in. But it was just interesting their interactions, and every time he tried, every time um, Lee tried to tried to catch him off guard, he was always ready. Kind of reminded me of Jesus' interactions with the Pharisees. And he was patient, and that one time he kind of got on him, kind of lost it a little bit, but even that, it was just more of a firm, I need to tell you this because it's true type of thing, not a full-blown losing his temper. So I really liked that guy. And as far as Lee's favorite characters, um, Lee would have to be that in the beginning. I mean, he was horrible to his wife, um and horrible to Elfie. I mean, he told her not to have anything to do with with uh, his wife anymore mm-hmm. and uh, told him off. You know, he's just he was just a total non-warm person, but he was redeemed in the end. And so that was great. Um uh do you have any thoughts other than that? Uh on least favorite character, I would say mine would be uh there was a guy I don't know if he was in charge or something at the paper. Um, he looked – Lee looked up to him as like a father figure. And when he was trying to you know, get this case against Christianity, he actually asked this guy for atheist books that he had because he was an atheist too. And that's not why I don't like him, but it was just 
Uh, he just came off very just dry as a person, and he was basically putting a wedge between him and his wife and helping with that. And I was like, okay, that's that's not good. That's not a good thing. And, and you know, I guess it goes to show like you really can become who you let into your life. All right. Well, we have one final question before the ratings. Uh, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you took away from this film, Adam? I think for me it's that you can never lose hope on someone. Even even if it seems like you wait an eternity or you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray, something doesn't change. That does not mean that one day God is not going to bring that person to salvation and healing in the situation. You, you just never know. So I think that was the biggest lesson for me. Yeah, I think the tricky thing is he doesn't always. True. Uh, and we wish that he would 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, But he doesn't always. But the but the thing that that spoke to me so much is, like I said before, the power of a praying wife. And and the reason that, that spoke so much to me is, like I said, First Peter chapter 3 says it in the scripture. And, you know, it, it, we always grow up with this idea in the church. If it says it in the scripture, it must be true. But now I have a true life example. Um, next time I preach that passage, I'll be thinking of that. Yeah. Because it's a true life example of how that actually happened. A lot of times we look at the truth of scripture and we believe it in our ha- heart, but our head has a hard time making the connection because we've never seen it lived out in practical reality. But I've seen it lived out in practical reality now, so that's just really neat to me. All right, the moment of truth has arrived when we will rate this film, and I will give it unashamedly five out of five stars. Ooh. Uh, when we when we reviewed Woodlawn, I said it was probably one of the best Christian movies I'd seen all year that year, and it was probably one of the best ones I'd reviewed on this podcast. This bar none tops that. And I think it's the best movie we've ever reviewed on this podcast. And so I give it five out of five and my hearty recommendation to watch it tonight with your family. Uh, I originally was actually give it four to five. But as I was thinking about it, reflecting it more, I'm going to do four and a half out of five. I Woodlawn is still my absolute favorite. It's just something about it. Oh, just at okay. home. But well, um, that's why we do this show because we have different opinions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But having said that, though, I totally am on the same page with, the, page with you. This is a great movie. And. Um, it, it surpassed expectations that I had just with how well they told the story and how they really bring hope in, into what was a true story of the Strobel. So four, four and a half out of five for me, it's definitely, definitely worth the watch. All right. Well, that's what we have for you today. We hope that you enjoyed this review. By the time you hear it, it will probably be on DVD or on its way to DVD. So it may not be available in your local theater. So make sure you pick it up on uh, DVD as soon as possible. Sadly, a lot of these movies don't get to Netflix very quickly. Mm. So even if you have that, it probably won't be that much of an option yet. But I hope that you you will um, pick up the DVD. And if I can find a link where you can at least pre-order it, if not order it, I'll try to throw that on the blog for this week's episode. That's all I have for you today. And so I'm just going to say have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters thank you for listening to today's episode your host has been andrew gomison founder of speaking for him alongside his co-host and executive producer adam mcnutt for more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com 
You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 